Views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I'm Karen Hager, and I'm sitting in for Dr. Pat tonight and next week while she is traveling. Now, you can usually find me uh, hanging out, doing spiritual conversation and enlightening with enlightening guests on Out of the Fog, which airs live twice weekly on Empower Radio. Transformation Talk Radio Network, Blog Talk Radio, and the Mighty WBLQ. I am passionate about connecting with people who want to move forward, to grow, to expand their understanding of their place in the world, and to do it all with great love. I do that with my work here on the radio and in my work as an intuitive guide and spiritual teacher. You can get a lot more information about who I am and what I'm up to at fogcitypsychic.com. So, how do your past lives impact your current life? What does interlife mean anyway? How can we change things in the past? Well, my guest on today's show is Dr. Georgina Cannon. She is the author of Return Again, How to Find Meaning in Your Past Lives and Your Inner Lives. And she is here to help empower you to take charge of your destiny by acknowledging past life experiences and releasing past life fears. Dr. Cannon believes that by integrating all your lives, you are free to experience pure joy in the here and now. Now, Dr. Georgina Cannon is an award-winning consulting clinical hypnotist and a lecturer at the University of Toronto. Recognized as the public face of hypnosis in Canada and a respected member of the mainstream health community, Dr. Cannon's a frequent media guest, and her work and her views have gained her prominence as a frequent source for news and feature articles on hypnosis and alternative therapies. You can find out more about Dr. Cannon and her work at GeorginaCannon.com. Georgina, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. I'm so I'm so glad you're here. I I think we should start maybe at the beginning. What are past lives, and why are they? Why do I even care if I lived it and it's done? Why does it matter? Well, it matters because we learn from all of our experiences. Even in this life, we learn from everything we do, everything that goes right, everything that doesn't go so right. So when we have an added dimension of other lifetimes as the opportunity for learning, it makes it even richer and more vibrant and uh, more wisdom. 
plus when we do past lives or interlife journeys, we uh, gain the wisdom from being in another environment, totally different environment, a different body. And in the case of an interlife, no body at all. <laughs> so, so we have a, a, a totally different perspective, if you like. When we make that journey, now I have, I have personally never done a past life regression, so I don't know what that's like. When I, let's say I'm doing my past life regression, how do I know that what I am seeing is not just, I'm not just imagining it, I'm not just making it up in my head, it's not just stuff from movies I've seen or, or books I've read. How do you know what is real? Well, that's a very interesting question, and people do ask that, and even when they come out from the session, quite often they say, maybe I just made it up. The difference is, in when you're going through a past life, regression the feelings are very real the emotions are very real and you can't make up emotion the other thing that happens is that most lives are pretty ordinary you know that we don't get too many people that are emperors or queens or people of note so if you're going to make something up you'd make it up usually something much more interesting or exciting Yes, that's true, actually. If I was going to go to all the trouble of imagining a past life, I would want it to be really something. Yeah, yeah. you'd want to be a queen or, or an empress or somebody with immense power and talent. You know, it would be superb to be somebody extremely talented. <laughs> the complete change. Oh, yes. I mean, and if you knew, I mean, there's a sense in which if, if I have that past life regression and I feel that I was someone with tremendous talent or tremendous power, it might give me the feeling that I can do that in my, in my present life, I suppose. Yes. Or it could give you a deep sense of disappointment that you are not doing it in this life. Oh. It depends on how you see it and what sort of personality you are in this life. So for instance, if you, if you, had a series of lives that where you've been a victim of one sort or another, and um, then you see your whole life this time as being a victim. You know, everything happens to you. You don't feel empowered at all. You don't feel in charge. So what happens is you, you just let life happen. And uh, the, the whole point of taking these journeys is to see what the patterns are and, and whether you can learn from them. And, and that includes, by the way, illnesses and pains and things like that. So it really is, it's a journey of exploration. And it's an honor because the soul takes us where we need to go. And it's not something to be taken lightly. You know, it's not like a circus or uh, an entertainment. I, I don't think, anyway, I, I, I treat it with awe and respect. So uh, the learning is profound and most people find it very moving. Have you worked with people who are worried about what they will find out who are a little scared oh indeed yes a lot of people come in and, and say supposing i was really evil you know supposing i was somebody who was really wicked and i hurt a lot of people and that's perfectly valid that's a, a valid question and if and a fear because we're all everything i believe i believe we're all capable of anything and everything i believe that we're all kind and we're all unkind and we're all stupid and we're all smart um i believe we're everything you know even hitler loved his mistress and his dog so we're all capable of love and we're all capable of not loving uh, we're all capable of being very silly and stupid and capable of brilliance and and kindness so 
you know, it, it, one of the things to know is when you experience a life that where you're not kind or you're you're cruel, in fact, like um, maybe a Gestapo guard at one of the concentration camps or a samurai warrior where you killed thousands of women and children, that's done. That's the piece of you that you chose to use in that lifetime. And in this lifetime, every morning, I believe, we get we wake up and we get to choose which piece we're going to use of ourselves. So are we going to use the kind piece, the smart piece, the gentle piece, the nurturing piece? Or are we going to use the bully piece? And I think we have a choice. And being aware maybe of all my pieces would help me have a better idea of what I am capable of, a deeper, exactly. a richer understanding of myself. A richer understanding of yourself and others. Because once we really understand we are everything and we've been everything, you know, all colors, all shapes, all sizes, there's no room for bigotry mm-hmm. because we've been everything. We've been all sexes, <laughs> um, sometimes no sex. You know, sometimes people go into a, a life that, that is um, totally androgynous so they can become an animal or a, um, an element. Or in one case, um, one of my clients just three weeks ago, or three, you know, three weeks ago, became a mermaid. Huh. And, um, and, and there is some truth to that. You know, there are some tales of there used to be uh, some animals, quotes, that were in fact mermaids, but of course they were killed off by sailors who didn't respect them for what they were. And uh, so, yes, and she didn't make it up. I mean, she didn't even know about it. So she, <sighs> she's, yeah. So we've been everything and we can be anything. We can be anything and we were everything. As the as the therapist, as as the guide in a journey like that, Mm-hmm. How do you differentiate? I mean, maybe you can't. How do you differentiate whether that mermaid is a is a is a symbol or is a metaphor, or is instead a, the actual thing? It, from my point of view, it doesn't matter. From my point of view, as long as the client gets the wisdom and the understanding to enhance their current life, it really doesn't matter whether it's a metaphor or they're making it up, or it's something that they read somewhere. If that's what the the subconscious mind of the soul gives them at this time, so they can understand themselves better and their situation in life better, so be it. Whatever we call it, it really doesn't matter as long as it works and it serves the purpose. What got you interested in all of this? What kind of led you down this path? Well, I grew up in England, as you may have guessed, and I've always been involved and aware, as we are in England, you know, we truly do believe that there are fairies at the bottom of the garden, and we do believe in elves and gnomes and the little people, as we call them, uh, and ghosts, of course. Um, So it was sort of not an unusual thing to believe in the supernatural. And when I came to Canada, I sort of had to shut it down because I felt like a an alien when I was talking about things like this. Um, But I've always seen auras and I've always been involved and aware of the metaphysical. And as a journalist, I'm I'm pretty pragmatic. So when I was working as a journalist in newspapers and magazines, I, I shut it down and closed it off. And after I entered the corporate world and decided I didn't want to stay there, 
I looked around for something else to do and, and discovered hypnosis. I'd already learned Reiki, color therapy, aromatherapy, and gestalt therapy, and um, happened upon hypnosis and realized that was the entry. That was the key, if you like, to allow people to access that part of themselves that they might find a little scary at the beginning. Because people often come in for something quite benign, like, you know, fear of flying. And then when they're sitting in the chair, they say, and you know what, I've always wondered why I'm fascinated by Scotland and I've never been there or whatever. And so it gives them the opportunity to feel safe coming in to explore that part of themselves. Um, so when I found hypnosis, I really did a huge aha <laughs> and and took the course and within months, three months, I think it was, I'd opened a school and clinic. And that was 18, nearly 19 years ago. Wow. And and when the need is there, when you are meeting that need, it just it just springs up. It just works. Yeah. It, and, and, and uh, you know, the first couple of years were, were tough goings. I had to educate people. They all thought it was a bit of a, you know, like stage hypnosis. But I did a lot of education with the medical community and um, other uh, like-minded people, you know, like massage therapists and chiropractors. And I did a lot of education, a lot of working with the media uh, and helping people understand what it truly is, that it it's not... You know, you're not going to go into trance. You're not going to levitate. You're not going to disappear. Uh, it's the same as meditation and same brain waves. It's just that it allows you to make change in the blueprint of who you are at the basic level with hypnosis and then travel further with the superconscious into past lives and the interlife. What is the, what is the superconscious? The superconscious, I believe, is one level up. So... We, are, we live on day-to-day at the conscious level, and then we go into the subconscious for our feelings and our remembrances, so our memories of an intuition. And then the superconscious is the level up where we connect to all others. And the superconscious is really part of the universal consciousness, where all the information is stored. And that's where I believe that mediums connect in to those that have passed, but also, it's the hundredth monkey syndrome. You know, it's where a group of scientists, for instance, can be working on something in North America. And in Japan, the group, another group of scientists, without knowing, are working on the same thing. And they both come up with the same solution. And they've both done it in secrecy. And this is, happens frequently. Because that universal consciousness, that wisdom is there and just for us to tap into. And when we meditate and when we go into connect with that part of ourselves that is um, closer to God or the light or, the, or whatever you want to call it, the isness, that's where we go. We go to that universal consciousness, which is why we get intuition and, and, and uh, connection at that level. It's quite, quite amazing. Um, when you actually connect and you feel it, you, you actually feel it, and all this wisdom gets downloaded. My books get downloaded. I, I write very little of the book themselves. It gets downloaded through me. Um, and I'm always amazed when I read it the following day. I often have to make grammar corrections and things like that, but by and large, they're downloaded. That's a fascinating process because that requires 
you to be so mm, uh, so uh, so free to get out of the way oh, to let yes. something else move through you. That's not uh, that's not for amateurs. What you're doing there. Well, I think I I don't know about that. I think we we scare ourselves with what's possible. I think as long as you protect yourself with light, and as long as you are grounded and you remember that you're here on, on this planet at this time to live this life. This is the most important life. And then you could take a journey. You know, you, you just literally allow yourself to roam and get out the way, as you said. Just, you know, let go of the oars, get out of the way, and just allow yourself to access what's out there for you. It's a difference between taking a walk in the park and just saying, oh, that was a nice walk, and then really taking a walk in the park and looking at the trees and feeling the grass beneath your feet and hearing the sound of the birds. And it, it's, a, it's a different level of connection. Hmm. And it's, I think maybe the part that isn't, that isn't for amateurs. I think what I meant is, is that it takes practice. It takes commitment. It takes intent. It takes intent. To, to achieve that level of what I would call channeling, getting, getting the heck out of your own way yeah. so that, the work that you're creating can come through you because you're very prolific as, as an author. Well, I, yes, and, and it's, that's good news and bad news. <laughs> I'm very prolific as an author and a writer because I write a lot of different things, as you know, not only books but, but newsletters and, and articles and things like that. But that's because I'm a writer. I mean, if I was a painter, I'd be painting. That's just part of who I am. Um, and also, I was told about a year and a half ago now that when I woke up one morning, I heard a male voice very loudly say to me, it's time to teach where you're not. And I didn't know what that meant to start with. And I realized I've just got to write more, you know, because the teaching can go through books and articles and and newsletters and any way that I can reach people so that they in turn can find their own magnificence, because that's the goal. When someone is not aware of mm-hmm. their past lives, when someone is just kind of plodding through this life, mm-hmm. how is it different for them once those past lives have been opened up to them? Oh, uh, that's, you know, that's a powerful question because the answer is powerful uh, in that they never see things quite the same. And... Um, they suddenly realize they are part of the greater whole. And the dust and noise begins to, of everyday life begins to disappear a bit. But also what can happen is they can become a bit of a know-it-all, you know, a little bit like a, a reformed smoker or someone who's successfully <laughs> lost weight and thinks they have the answer for everybody. Um, so that can be very irritating to those that love them and people around them, their their colleagues. And one of the things that I do work with clients after they've experienced uh, this awe-inspiring trip or trips is to show them how to integrate the knowledge so they don't go around bragging about it. They don't go back and give up their job or throw out the hubby or the wife. They integrate it. You know, this is, this is evolution, not revolution. And... In, in the book, the latest book, Return Again, there is a whole process in that book of absorption, of using the wisdom that, that is learned in a, in a kind and gentle, nurturing way. 
and allowing it to be absorbed into your life rather than having everybody roll their eyes and sigh and, and leave you at the table. <laughs> <laughs> well, it goes back to how this work isn't like the circus. It isn't, uh, it doesn't, it isn't for entertainment value. It has real meaning. And as such, it, it asks that we respect it and right. integrate it instead of treating it like a fad or here's this new thing I just discovered. Right, right. Right. I remember when I first started, and my cousin still tells this story, she used to say to people, you know, when we were having dinner, she because she's a great hostess, so she would be throwing dinner parties, and she'd say, please don't ask her what she does. You know, <laughs> she'll never shut up. <laughs> I've learned better since then. That was a long time ago. But, but that's the danger, of course, right? When you find something that really works for you, or, and you believe everyone in the world should do it just the way you do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I wouldn't know personally, but hypothetically, <clears throat> yes, I can understand how that might be. <laughs> you know, whether it's a new toothpaste we find or a new homeopathic remedy or something, we all believe that everyone should use this because it's brilliant. It's wonderful. Mm. <laughs> that the connection that sometimes we feel or, or maybe think we feel, I don't know, to our past lives that are things that come when we're awake. Maybe it's a sense of deja vu. Maybe it's a strong knowing or a strong um, feeling of attraction to something we normally wouldn't be attracted to. Mm -hmm. Are those, are those real? Is there a way to know if those are real or have resonance? And how is that connected to then what we'd find in the regression? They're very often uh, real. As people often slip into a past life, particularly if they're traveling in a country that has old buildings. You know, sometimes uh, I'll get people coming into the clinic saying, I've just come back from Edinburgh or just come back from Greece. And I, we, my husband and I went to this small village and I knew my way around. It's like I've been living there. I knew exactly where everything was, the twists and turns of the streets. Or you have people who will do a, a journey, and my clients had did a journey along the Rhine in, in uh, Germany, and they visited a lot of different castles along the way. And she said that she went into one, and she suddenly had this terrible feeling in her stomach. She had to get out, like she was being suffocated. And she learned later that, in fact, there, there were a whole group of women that were suffocated, were killed um, in that uh, castle. So, you know, it's automatic. It happens if you go in there and, and you belong there or you experience it at a cellular level or a spiritual level. And some people will tell you who do Reiki, of course, that people often slip into a past life during a Reiki session. Wow. And you couldn't, you couldn't ever get stuck there, right? No. You'd slip no. in but slip right out? No, you can't get stuck there. However, I will tell you that some people don't want to come back. You know, if the life is really terrific and the, the current life is not that great, they don't want to leave it. So, you know, I have to say things to them like, you know, remember this is only temporary this lifetime. You've got some work to do here. And if they really don't want to come back, I have to remind them that if they stay another hour, I'll have to charge them more. <laughs> <laughs> but I only use that under duress and then they laugh and come back because you're always in control, of course, when you're in hypnosis. Or on a journey like this, you always know that you're there and, and sort of here. You, you always know what's going on. 
But you can and understand you it sometimes. The lives are just lovely. You know, they're, they're loved and a loving, happy family, uh, full of joy and in a lovely country, and this life isn't so great. So you can understand they, they don't want to come back. Right. When you were studying, when you were um, learning to do this, did you have someone regress you? And I'm wondering, you can tell me to take a hike if you don't want to share it. I'm wondering if if you connected with anything that had meaning for you personally as you did that oh a couple of things yes indeed and and by the way i i do want to say in honor and i always do this when i'm teaching i always honor the people whose shoulders i stand on you know whether it be edgar casey or roger wolger or michael newton or carol bowman you know we all stand on their shoulders and and we take their wisdom and learning and, and extend it when I was learning with Henry Bolduc, who was a brilliant, brilliant teacher, um, I was regressed back, uh, to, and two things happened, actually. One was physical, and one was emotional, very profoundly emotional. The physical one, um, the first session that I went back while, with, with a, a student who were teaching, you know, working with each other, I uh, went back to being... Um, well, I could smell myself before I saw myself. Huh. I smelt putrid. I was like I was rotting. And um, I was an old, old woman living in a cave and uh, with barely no teeth, starving, very close to starving. But my job was to help the women in the village give birth. They didn't like me. They treated me uh, like a pariah because I was the person that would go and collect herbs and help them give birth or have abortions or whatever they needed. But the point is they um, they absolutely uh, needed me to, to help give birth. Right. So what I did one day, I went down to the village and helped a woman give birth, and she died during childbirth. She bled out, and her child also died, and I had to bury them both. I went oh. back to my cave and went back to, went to sleep, and that night I was woken by this man beating me, and at one point he picked up a rock and smashed my head um, right over my left eye and killed me. And that's where I used to get my migraines. And from oh. that day on, I've never had a migraine, ever. Oh my gosh! Um, and the other, th and that was amazing because I kept waiting for it, kept waiting for it, kept waiting for it, kept waiting for it. It never came. The other amazing one was I seemed to be a young boy, about eight or ten, and my job was as a minstrel in this great palatial home somewhere about the 14th century, probably in Europe somewhere. Ladies had big skirts and big hair. And my job was to play this musical instrument while they were having tea. And it was really boring because no one listened to me at all. So what I did is I entertained myself by making up songs about them because they weren't listening to me anyway. <laughs> so I made up funny songs about them. And um, But if I stopped because I got bored or tired, I'd get beaten by the butler. So I had to keep working. And then when I got older, they moved me to the children's courtyard where I played for the children who also didn't listen to me, but um, I loved it because I loved the children. And I died alone as an indentured servant, but I was in the house, which is what happened in those days. And the wisdom from that life was so profound for me because, and there's no way I could have made this up. 
And the wisdom was that the music is still the music, if, even if no one listens. Wow. And for me, that was very profound because I've always been someone who started starts things. Like I started the hypnosis thing here in Toronto. And people always thought it was ridiculous, always think, you know, oh, you're wasting your time. What, what are you doing? Um, I started an animal rights thing many years ago. And again, it was against all odds. And so it was very profound for me that the music is still the music, even if no one listens. Mm. And that's not the sort of thing you make up. No. I had an experience. I was uh, in a large group where Dr. Brian Weiss was speaking. Ah, uh, yes. And I'm very, uh, well, you know me a little bit. I tend to be kind of organized and rule-based, and I'm very, you know. So I go into this thinking I'm going to sit down, and I'm sure he's going to try to, you know, do something to us. <laughs> but I won't be. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna let anything happen. Well, he came on stage and he seemed like a nice man, and he was funny, and he told some entertaining stories. And then pretty soon he said we should all close our eyes, and he said, "Okay, we'll spend some time in meditation." I thought, "Oh, I meditate all the time. It's fine." I fairly quickly went into, and I don't count this as a regression because I don't. I don't feel like I went. I don't know all the way in if that makes sense, right. but I went fairly quickly to seeing myself I looked down and saw my shoes and I was wearing really really green shoes and they were I knew from looking at them that these shoes were very expensive they had cost a lot of money and the fact that I was wearing them meant that I was successful that I had a lot of money and I knew that I was a man in this life and it felt like Italy to me and I knew that with my business partner, we made the, the, like the metal, like the brass fittings for things like the altar rails in the churches, like all that kind of framing, that fancy stuff. We did that. And that money was the most important thing in my life. And that because I loved money, I loved those shoes more than I loved other people, that that's why I died alone in that life was right. because of my focus on having the thing on being ostentatious on showing, you know, you could look at me and tell that I was successful. Mm-hmm. And I, so, and then, and then I hear him say, um, and then I hear him say, um, you know, okay, I guess we're done and everyone come out of it. And so I opened my eyes and I thought, well, that was kind of great. That was like a five minute, you know, take a look at my shoes kind of thing. I guess that wasn't so bad. And, um, and he says, okay, well, our time's up. Everybody leave. And I looked at my watch. It had been 45 minutes. Yes. Yes. So you were in hypnosis. I think that I really was. Yes, you were. And you said you've not done a regression. Well, that's a regression. It felt really, well, I guess it wasn't really quick because all the time had passed. Okay, maybe I told a lie. Maybe I have had a regression. It, in your experience where you were, where you were killed, where you were beaten on the head, did you feel that physically? Yes. Yes. I mean, I didn't feel the pain, but I felt, I I felt the fear. Mm. Absolutely. I felt the fear. Are people afraid that they will feel that physical pain? Well, if they're going to feel pain, um, a reputable therapist will make sure that they don't. And what you do is you ask them to lift themselves up so they watch it like a movie. Because you have to complete the job. I mean, you have to complete that life. So if you're being hanged or you're being burned at the stake or whatever, being beaten over the head, you, you don't want them to feel the pain. So, But they must complete that life, do all the forgiveness and the healing um, so you let them know ahead of time that if you get into an unfortunate situation, like you're being tortured or you're being killed on a battlefield or whatever, 
you know, but you're not going to feel the pain because we'll make sure you don't. Mm. Wonderful. But having, said that, having said that, sometimes when people are hanged, when they come out of uh, hypnosis, there's a, a faint mark around their neck. No. Mm-hmm. <gasps> the body reacts, yes. Amazing. Well, let's go ahead and take a break. You're listening to the Dr. Pat Show. I'm Karen Hager, sitting in for Dr. Pat. My guest is Dr. Georgina Cannon. She is the author of Return Again, How to Find Meaning in Your Past Lives and Your Inner Lives. When we come back, we're going to talk about what is an inner life. Anyway, I want to ask about soulmates. I want to, I want to ask all kinds of things. So stay with us, and we'll be right back. Tune in Fridays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Transformation Talk Radio. The Awakening Radio with Patricia. This hit show awakens your dormant, divine, feminine energy. The Awakening Show is the next step on your evolutionary journey through life. Get ready to awaken the dormant seedings within you, your soul's encodement, power, and purpose. And bring this forward with confidence and clarity through the power of your own voice. This show promises to boldly go where you've been before. You just need to remember... Be inspired. Become rewired with The Awakening Radio. Visit AwakeningRadio.com for weekly topics. Tune in to The Sandy Brewer Show, getting to the heart of what matters in your life. Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com and experience the powerful healing voice of Dr. Sandy Brewer, one of Call-In Talk Radio's most dynamic, compelling personalities. Get ready for inspiration and contagious humor and her been-there, done-that, no-nonsense advice to meet today's challenges. Listen and call in at 800-930-2819 for The Sandy Brewer Show. Chris Stainis is a spiritual leader and healer and teaches a course on how you can transform your life through a meditation and healing system that will manifest your spirit's dreams. She manifested the Women of Wisdom Conference, the Women of Wisdom book, and this radio show. And she can show you how to change your life, too. Are you ready? Visit the website and contact her at VoicesOfWomenToday.com. That's VoicesOfWomenToday.com. Are you ready to have all your relationships work for you? Those with your family, friends, and coworkers? Perhaps with a lover? How about with your body and your money? Ask Susan, relationship counselor, life coach, and access consciousness facilitator, Susan Lazar Hart, has assisted thousands in creating relationships that truly work for them. Ask Susan, a monthly telecall where you can be heard and receive simple tools to apply to all your relationships. AskSusan.net. That's ask-susan.net. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is talk radio to thrive by. I'm Karen Hager, and I'm sitting in for Dr. Pat tonight and again next week. I'm in conversation with Dr. Georgina Cannon. She is the author of Return Again, How to Find Meaning in Your Past Lives and Your Interlives. You can find out more about Dr. Cannon. You can have a look at the book, learn more about this at GeorginaCannon.com. Now, we were talking before the break. You said something that's really kind of struck me now. I'm kind of stuck on this. You said that in a regression where the client has experienced being 
hanged, Mm. that they will come out of the regression and there's a line around their neck. And it makes me wonder how much do our past life life experiences then come over into our present lives, especially as uh, pain or uh, phobias. Well, it's interesting. Um, One of my current clients happens to be a medical doctor. And he, for most of his life, since, since puberty, has suffered from migraines. And he's tried everything to relieve them. He's not taking the medication anymore, he said, because it has a cyclical effect. He doesn't want to do that. He also has terrible pain in his teeth. And there's nothing wrong with his teeth except they hurt a lot of the time. So he came to me. Actually, his psychiatrist sent him to me. And... um I, before we even got into hypnosis, I said to him, why don't you just um, close your eyes for a second and go into that pain in your head where the migraine is or in the pain in your teeth and just tell me what it feels like, what it would say to you. And by the way, this was not formal. This was just chat chat. He closed his eyes and he said, oh, my God. So I said, what's happening? He said, I'm a boy of about nine or ten years old. I'm in a small village in Russia, running for my life. Cossacks are coming through. It's a pogrom. They're shooting at us, and I, oh, I get a bullet, I get at the back of my head that goes through the back of my head and out through my mouth, and I die. I was obviously dead. That was within 30 seconds. Wow. So immediately we healed and did the forgiveness and all that, and I said, all right, so just before you come back, because I hadn't even really put him in hypnosis, let's see if there's somewhere else that we need to go. And before I said go, he said, I'm in uh, an artist studio, 14th century Europe. I think it's Holland, and my name is, mm, begins with an R, and I'm painting, I'm painting a portrait, and I'm using white and I'm putting oh my god I'm putting he said like this I oh my god I'm putting the brush in my mouth so I'm giving myself lead poisoning <laughs> and he said um I'm painting and he went on about what he was painting and he died in that life in what he called the crazy house racked with pain his teeth were black from lead poisoning and uh, we did again all the healing and whatever we had to do. And and I want to tell you, he was he was in in it wasn't even in the hypnosis chair. He was sitting next to my desk doing an intake. He'd been in my clinic ten minutes. Oh. And um, so I mean, I wish I could tell you that his pains had gone. They haven't gone. They've lessened. And now what I know is that we have to do more work because. It was so intense, and I think there's a couple of other past lives that we have to go into as well, but we have to also do the energy around, at the cellular level, the energy around those lives, because although we um, cleaned up the life itself, the body, there's some energy that you bring forward with you when the, when there's that much damage done. Um, so we have to do that. And I have many, many uh, situations like that where I'll ask someone to um, talk to me about how that fear feels when you know that you're going to get on a plane, exactly where in your body, and what does it look like? Just have a look at that. And as we say that, they go right into another lifetime. They're flying a small Metterschmitt in the World War One, and they crash, or, you know, it's not even a formal thing. So... 
sometimes that happens that way. Other times it's a concerted effort to really get to the cause of asthma. Asthma quite often is living past lives, quite often two or three, and sometimes it includes this life as a child where you're not allowed to speak your truth, so you've had to swallow your truth lifetime after lifetime, and that can cause asthma. Um, irritable bowel syndrome sometimes is anger, deep uh, embedded anger from one or two lifetimes of uh, being powerless, of being helpless, of being beaten or abused and not being able to do anything about it and maybe coming into an abusive family in this life because we do repeat the patterns if we don't you know, clear them up. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not to say that every illness can be cured by past life regression at all. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that sometimes it happens. It, it feels to me as I'm listening to you, as I'm listening to you, and I'm thinking about how I work with clients intuitively, what I'm hearing you say sounds a little bit like what I do because you are, you feel to me like you're using your own intuition mm-hmm. and your knowledge through many years of experience to connect with these clients and see what else needs to be done. Okay. There's more to go into here. There's energy to be cleared here. Do you yes. feel that way? Yes, I do. And of course, as I said, I don't, uh, about 50% of what I do is mine and 50% is downloaded. And sometimes I have to tell, because I'm clairaudient, so sometimes I have to tell them to shut up because I can't hear the client. <laughs> <laughs> I'm familiar you with turn, that. You turn. <laughs> um, now, when someone is not even, you haven't even put them under, so to speak, and those lives are coming up, does that mean that they are there, they're at the surface, they're so ready yes. to pop up? Yes, they're so ready to pop up. And it's extraordinary because it's usually the most unlikely people. It's usually the banker or the accountant or the doctor, you know, unlikely people. You, you, on the surface, you think, oh, I'm going to have to work hard with this one to get them to put themselves aside and allow this to happen. But it's been pushing and pushing and pushing at them so much that they finally find their way to me. And then when they sit in that chair, it's almost like the floodgates open. I I think my my role, uh, and actually, and you'll, I'm sure, agree to this, our role is uh, for what we do is just to make a safe place so that the client can heal themselves. Mm. That's really what we do. That is so, that's so important that it be a safe place. Yes. Place for whatever come for whatever comes up, and yes. I think that's that's something that I wish. That's a lot of the education piece of what I try to do and what you try to do. Let's let's make a safe space where we can value, we can honor this input. Yeah. Yes. One of the things that I love about Return Again, and you can't see me because I'm on the radio, but my copy's all bent and <laughs> kind of dog-eared. Um, one of the things I like about this book is that it it gives you there are sort of instructions given, a framework given for you tapping into your own past lives yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's really a way, there's a script in there so you can take a soul journey. And whether you record your own voice or you ask a trusted friend to read it to you, you can take a soul journey and meet your soul group. Uh, you can also, once you've gone through that process and or you've gone through a process with a facilitator and someone else, there's um, a script in the book that allows you to image your future with your new wisdom. 
so that you can see how it will feel and 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 uh, and manifest with with what you now know in in the new way. So there are two scripts in there. The other thing that I've done to make it as interactive as I could is to put at the end of each chapter a little comment saying, consider this, and there's three or four points at the end of every chapter on how that chapter might affect you or impact you or relate to you in any way. So I really wanted it to be almost like a conversation. Mm -hmm. It is a very accessible book, but the material is very deep. Mm-hmm. Good. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I love it. I'm not, I'm not kidding when I say I bent up my copy quite, <laughs> quite soon after I, re- after I received it. Yeah. Is the work that you do, because you are there, you're in Toronto, when you work with clients, is it, is it only in person or how do you, how do you connect with clients? Um, I, it, for, for regression for past life and interlife, only in the clinic, unless I have worked with people in the clinic before and I can then work with them on Skype. I, um, for instance, I have clients in Skype clients in Israel, L.A., New York, Australia, and all over the States. But I only work with them on past lives and into life if I've worked with them in the clinic. So the people in L.A., for instance, came in to see me while they were here for the film festival a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do see clients on Skype for relationship issues or other issues in counseling, um, coaching. So I work on Skype as well. Uh, but most of the regression work is in the clinic because I think it's unkind if someone gets stuck or in an unfortunate situation and they're scared to not have that safe place. And I can't do that over Skype. Mm. Do you ever have anyone who can't go back or, or can't, who can't access that mm-hmm. past life? Yeah, occasionally. And sometimes uh, it's to do with the fact that they're carrying an emotion or an issue that's so toxic for them in this life that the soul won't let them go because we have to clear that up first. So it might be deep anger or it might be resentment or it might be some trauma that they've recently gone through that we have to deal with first. And then we can do it. Some people just won't go, won't go because they're too scared or they're won't let go. You know, they're too much in control. They just won't let go. But that's very few. I would say that's maybe one percent hmm. of the thousands and thousands of people I've worked with. Maybe a hundred over hmm. eighteen years. You know. Hmm. What is? I know that one of the other big pieces of of the book and of your work is dealing with interlives. Mm. And I'm wondering if you can share what what is an interlife? An interlife is the is the I call it the dash in between. It's um the space between lifetimes. So for instance, you come into a life maybe as a soldier and you live that life and you then leave it and you go into the Bardo or La La Land until you return again into another another lifetime. But what really is that Bardo or La La Land? And we call it the interlife or life between lives. And it's the place where you have no body. It's the place, it's literally going home. It's where the soul goes home and rests and recuperates. And along the way you meet or you can meet your soul circle 
your um, you go to the library where you could connect with your Akashic records. You could go to the laboratory and learn new ways of using your energy. Uh, you could go to a place of rest and recuperation or a place of, of um, investigation. Then you go in front of your council, the wise ones, the elders. And finally, you go, go to a place of choosing your body for the current life. You've learned along the way what your life purpose is for, for the current life. And so then you should find out why you chose to come in as a male or female or black or white or brown or which country, etc. And um, sometimes you get to try on two or three bodies to see which one works for, for the, <laughs> for the uh, job you have to do. Uh, so it's very profound. And people often weep while they're there because it's such, so moving to really go home and connect with the souls that you travel with from lifetime to lifetime. It's a very moving, awe-inspiring journey. Very different from past life. But there but, are lessons from yeah. the interlife that yeah. also can inform our present lives. Well, the lessons from the interlife are at a much grander scale. Um, they they won't get into details like why wasn't my why won't my brother talk to me? I mean, they they don't even. That's such a small thing that you can deal with somewhere else. They are looking at your impact on at a soul level and your connection uh, for infinity until you return to the light. So they might say to you, um, be aware of, of the power that you have and don't waste it. And you might say, what do you mean by that? Well, consider how you spend your day. Um, and it might seem simple for them to say something, but suddenly it's hitting you in the gut because it's a way of getting you to stand back and say, am I really using this life? You know, They're very kind, by the way. They don't judge uh, these wise ones, these elders, the council. But when you meet your soul circle, too, it's really like going home. You're welcomed, as if you're welcomed back into family because that's really what your family is the souls you travel with from lifetime to lifetime, learning from each other, helping each other, you know, mm-hmm. supporting each other. It's, it's, it's extraordinary, extraordinary work. I'm, I'm struck by what you said about a non-judgmental space. I worked with a client this week where a, a, the entire family had been impacted by the suicide of a young member of, of the family. And one of the, and this was a, this family held a, a, a rather traditional religious framework, um, and there was a, a fear that the that the person who committed suicide would would be punished, would be judged, was now in hell, would be tormented, would be in pain, and that pain it's horrible enough to lose a family member, especially a young one, but the pain of the family was really compounded by this sense that now something terrible would happen to the person who had committed suicide. Is there, can you speak to that at all from your experience? Yes, yes indeed. First of all, um, there's an understanding amongst people who do this type of work that the soul chooses to come into a life knowing exactly the contract. You know, Caroline Miss writes a lot about soul contracts. So they came in and they did a, had a contract. 
And sometimes the contract finishes early. Uh, and it can be as early as three weeks, so the baby can last three weeks or three months or two years or whatever. Um, and there's a reason for that. But when someone chooses not to live anymore, it means that their soul, their sensitive soul, just can't take this low vibration and the um, assault it's receiving. And if it's done on purpose, it's usually the longing to go home. It really is. It's not a finishing, it's a beginning. So imagine that it's, it's like someone who has been sent to another country for two years for a contract um, for a company. And they hate it so much, they try. You know, they, they know it's going to take a few months to get used to it. They give it a few months. And a year and a half into it, they just can't take it anymore. The longing to go home is so profound that they can barely breathe. So they leave it behind, that job, and they go home. Even though they're leaving behind colleagues and people they've made commitments to, they just can't take it. They have to go home. They have to feel safe at home. And that's really what it is. It's a, it's a going home. Mm-hmm. It's a going home to a place where they feel safe and loved and beloved. Yeah, back to the soul, home. I am so grateful to you for being on the show tonight. Can you let people know how to connect with you, connect with your work, where they can find the book? Sure. The book is available on Amazon, both in Kindle and in softcover, uh, or your local bookstore like Barnes & Noble. Any any of your bookstores should have it. Um, and Or you can go on to my website, which is georginacannon.com, and you can certainly email me through the website, and I do answer all of my emails. Um, it might take a little while. <laughs> I don't do it in an hour or two, but I usually do get back to you within two or three days. Um, Wonderful. And I do, I'm available on Skype too. So I'm available. I'm here. <laughs> I, think that, I think that's very good. Uh, thank you so much, um, Dr. Georgina Cannon. Thank you so much for being here. That is Dr. Georgina Cannon. Her book is Return Again, How to Find Meaning in Your Past Lives and Your Inner Lives. And that is all the time that we have for today. Next week at this time, author and empowerment coach Crystal Andrus will be joining here on The Dr. Pat Show. We'll be talking about discovering your emotional age. Thank you for listening today. Together we're spreading a little more light in the world, and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you... Peace. In stepping down your soapbox is way too high overgrown. You can barely see the ground. Touch the sky, your high horse is taken north and left to you, nowhere to be found. Better off dead, or so you said, but don't worry, we all fall down somehow. Oh, 
Transformation Talk Radio's amazing hosts span from the Pacific to the Atlantic coast with a world full of loyal fans. What's stopping you from joining our clan? Bring your powerful message to listening ears. We've been helping people do this for many years. Want to make a difference? We can help you out. Just give us at Transformation Talk Radio a shout. It's easy to get started with an email so small to host at TransformationTalkRadio.com and then we'll give you a call. Hi, my name is Dr. Dane here from Access Consciousness. Are you a seeker, a dreamer, one of those people who's always known that there should be greater possibilities available but haven't yet been able to create it as your life? I'd like to help. Go to creatinggreaterpossibilities.com where there's a free video and audio series created especially for you. Once again, creatinggreaterpossibilities.com. It's free and it's designed to give you the actual tools that you need to create the life you've always been looking for. creatinggreaterpossibilities.com. Stop. Get out of that car. Stop living your life in the passenger seat. Tune in to TransformationTalkRadio.com and let us help you drive. Listening to Transformation Talk Radio, the home of some of the world's most inspiring talk radio hosts. Please stay tuned at the top of the hour. We will be bringing you another amazing, educational, and inspiring show to get you on the path to transforming your life. For more information about us, please visit our website, www.transformationtalkradio.com. That's www.transformationtalkradio.com. Transforming the world, one listener at a time. Transformation Talk Radio, that's my line. Non-stop shows, 24 hours, 7 days. Positive Talk Radio is the new craze. Learn to live your life the best you can. All hosts of TTR will lend a hand. Transform, inspire, educate, create. Tune in now, our shows are actually really great. Tell your friends, your brother, dad, and mom to tune in at TransformationTalkRadio.com. Want to know what the best-kept secret in Access Consciousness is? It's the Access Gold Club. Demanding more change and the latest and greatest, but can't always get to all the classes you desire? Let Gary and Dane come to you. Join the Gold Club, and each month you'll receive a 60-minute live call, a weekly email on the month's theme containing the latest clearings in written form, and an MP3 loop. Twice a month, receive a brand new video with Gary and Dane. How does it get any better than this? In addition to receiving a CD format of the monthly call mailed to you, you'll also enjoy a surprise bonus gift. Be in on the secret. Join today at www.isnowthetime.com slash special dash tips. listening to Transformation Talk Radio, the home of some of the world's most inspiring talk radio hosts. Please stay tuned at the top of the hour. We will be bringing you another amazing, educational, and inspiring show to get you on the path to transforming your life. For more information about us, 
please visit our website, www.transformationtalkradio.com. That's www.transformationtalkradio.com. 